So here's something that you don't need to know about me, but I'm apparently going to tell you anyway. I run a little warmer in terms of body temperature than perhaps others do. It may actually be that I have some people who are listening to this who will be able to commiserate as I explain this, and solidarity with those who can. Everyone else, you're just going to, I guess, going to have to imagine a little bit. Or, or maybe, maybe you know someone who does similar things to the ones I'm going to describe. Maybe, maybe that person is your spouse or your partner. But here I want to describe to you what I mean and what life is like for me as a, for lack of a better term, warmer person. So, when I walk into a room, I will notice the temperature, particularly if it is on the warmer side. Now, there, there is likely a reason why it is on the warmer side, and that is because someone else or more than one other person who, does, who has a lower body temperature actually wishes to be warmer, and of course, this is the natural way of Addressing that, setting the thermostat to a more comfortable temperature for them. But for me, that comfortable temperature, what, so, what, what somebody else, for someone else is comfortable, for me, can get rather uncomfortable and can become more uncomfortable as whatever event that I'm there for wears on. Here, here's one of my primary examples. When I was a pastor, I tended to get very warm every Sunday morning while leading worship. Part of this, of course, was my attire. I would regularly wear a robe or an alb in the summer months, here and there at least. I would simply wear a sport coat, a suit, something to that effect. And But nevertheless, it wouldn't matter how cool the sanctuary was, and it was often not that cool. And here is my dirty little secret. I would every single Sunday that I was in ministry sneak in before anyone else and set the temperature of the sanctuary a little lower. All for the benefit of me and my robe. There, I have confessed it. If any former church member 
is listening to this, who over the years would go or walk into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning and be like, oh man, it's a little chilly in here today. That was me. Because otherwise, I was going to sweat it out that entire hour, which I often did anyway. It's just that it might have been that much worse if I hadn't snuck in to do that. I had a reputation at my karate school for being the sweatiest student. I would leave puddles on the mats after a particularly heavy class usually or almost always during sparring there there would be wet footmarks all over the ring that I was in if I did something that that involved me being on the ground in some way you knew exactly where I was sitting or where I was lying down and so as a matter of courtesy I would often have to get some wipes after class and clean up myself so that the other, the next people in there wouldn't have to deal with my sweat all over the floor. I can't believe I'm telling you all this. But hey, there's more at my house. At my own house. I am usually the thermostat person. And... In the summer in particular, I rejoice when it is time to turn on the air. That first day when I get to click over that little switch, it's like angels descend from heaven and sing a hallelujah chorus. I am the one. I am the one. I am one of those people who it doesn't matter, we have a ceiling fan in our room, and it doesn't matter if it is the dead of winter and there is a blizzard outside, I'm sleeping with that fan on. And not only that, but frequently I've got to have various appendages sticking out from underneath the blanket because otherwise I get too warm. Why in the world am I telling you all this? It's a very long lead-in to the story that I'm now going to tell you. So, we have established that my body temperature runs a bit warm. So now let me tell you about the office I work at. I work, of course, now at the United Church of Christ National Setting, and we are now required to work in the office physically three days a week. So I drive up there, up to Cleveland, from my home near Akron, three days a week, and we've gotten to the point where my name is on a door. Whereas once upon a time, 
All I had was a laptop and a Zoom connection in my house. Now there is a door at the UCC National setting that has my name on it. That is how much that situation has changed. But it doesn't just have my name. It also has one of my colleagues' names. One of my fellow team members. So it's a shared office situation. It's not big enough for both of us to be in there at the same time. And we have both expressed a desire not to try to work in there at the same time. So we are fine with there just being the one desk. However, there is one day a week when we are both physically in the office. And almost immediately, I decided that I would defer. I, would, I, I said, you know what? It's fine. You can work in our office on this particular day every week. And I'll just, I'll find another spot. I, I'm used to it. I, before we had this designated space, I, I found other places. And so I'm fine with doing that again. And so usually, 99.9% of the time, I just find one of those, we have several what are called pod offices. I've talked about these before. It's basically like sitting in a, in a I call it the white box sometimes. It's, it's very enclosed and very private, and, and I'm okay with that. But there was one day when I decided, you know, Let's explore the space a little bit. There is, there are several meeting rooms on our floor. We have a handful of conference rooms. Handful, I mean six. Six conference rooms. And then there are also a few little rooms, smaller rooms, that are called huddle rooms. And they're, they're, very, they're, they're very modest. They have just a, a smaller table, and it's intended to just be a, a little qu- quick sort of, hey, let, let's, let's duck in here for a quick session about something or other. But it's, they, they tend to be more often used as temporary workspaces, temporary offices. And I decided one, one day when we were both there, I was going to use one of these huddle rooms. And so I walk in that morning. Instead of turning toward the pot offices, I turn in the direction of the huddle room. I walk in, I set my stuff down, I unpack my work bag, I set up my laptop, I get out my wireless mouse, I take out all of my other work materials, and I arrange them on the table in this huddle room. 
and I begin to catch up on my email. I have been in this room maybe two or three minutes, and then I decide I can't work here. Why is that? It's because my or the the table and my chair were directly underneath a heater, a vent that was blowing warmer than usual warmth right down on my head. And I realized I was going to be absolutely miserable and distracted if I tried to work in this warmer than should be space on this day. And so, two minutes later, I put everything right back into my work bag and I go back over to my usual little white box office. And it happens that that whole side of the floor is, it's got to be like five, six, even eight degrees cooler than where I just was. And there I was able to have a productive time. Why in the world have I been telling you all this? Well, have you ever been in a situation? Maybe you notice it as soon as you walk in. Maybe it takes a little bit more time after you've been feeling things out a little bit, getting the, the vibe of the space, as the kids say. But eventually you realize this is not the place for me. This is, there is something about this that is off, or there is something about this that is uncomfortable, or there is something about this that is going to prevent me from thriving. And so you know that at your earliest opportunity, you're going to need to remove yourself in order for something closer to thriving to happen. Have you ever done that? Let's talk about it for a bit. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. So now that you have heard the painstakingly long metaphor that has finally led to 
something more, let's, let's delve into what we're really discussing here. We're, of course, not literally discussing huddle rooms. And we're not literally discussing the too warm environment that we might find ourselves in. Instead, what, what I'm really talking about is some sort of environment, whether it is, it could be a work environment or a social environment. It could even be a family environment. It could be just some other, even if it's a one-off you may never see these people again sort of environment. It, it's the type of situation, any situation where you show up and you are, you, you've perhaps been invited or you're employed or you're there out of a sense of obligation or you're there because at least at some point, it's because you truly experienced love, meaning, inclusion, something from that place or from the people in that place. Or the environment in general, once again, gave off the type of vibe that, that you appreciated and that you got something out of. But then, maybe something changes or maybe you're trying out a new thing and immediately you're you're starting to wonder about aspects of it and so you start to feel a figurative sort of warmth a discomfort a kind of a tingling of the spidey sense that something here is off for you. Something here, something about this situation is, is not speaking to you in a positive way. So what might be some causes or some reasons for that? Here is a non-exhaustive list. Lack of inclusion. You show up, but there, there's no effort to integrate you. There's no effort to assimilate you into the larger group. There's no effort to, to include your opinions or include your contributions or just even recognize your presence. Again, th this may happen more often in a strange one-off sort of scenario, but it can certainly happen in, in regular scenarios as well. It, it, could, it could happen gradually. Maybe initially you did feel included, but then over time you, you're feeling a bit more pushed to the margins, either actively or passively. And it starts to feel less and less like you're really a part 
of what is going on. Another one might be just whatever activity people are engaging in, it's, it, it feels uncomfortable to you. It's not something perhaps that you wish to partake in, or, or it's something that you're, you're not sure of, of the longer-term ramifications of participating in said activity, or it's just not something that you're into. It could be something bland, or, you know, I'm sure there are more serious things that, that might be happening as well, but it could just be you're, you're not interested. You're not interested in learning more about it. You're not interested in trying to participate. You're not interested in really any of it. And everyone else, here's the lack of inclusion again, everyone else, however, this is what they do. This is, this is the agenda for the evening. And if you're not interested in that, you're going to feel, again, a little pushed to the margins. Another one. A divergence of vision. I could tell you several instances in my own life when this has happened. Initially, you were involved, and they involved you. You were included. You were assimilated. You even loved the activity that everyone else, the purpose, the larger purpose and goals and visions that you were a part of. But then maybe a new leader comes in. Or maybe just gradually over time, the the influence, the more influential people start to steer things in a different direction. And that new direction is, maybe it's not what you signed up for, but maybe it's also, you know, I am better off doing something else. This vision is not what I want to participate in. I would rather continue in the prior vision. And so the figurative warmth might start to feel, because part of that might also, you know, again, if you express concerns, if you express disagreement, ask me how I know, then again, the lack of inclusion might become more pronounced. Well, if you're not on board with this, then we're going to keep going. And if you're a part of it, then great. And if not, we'll just find ways to, again, push you toward the margins. Maybe, maybe the vision or the activity is something that maybe maybe there are pieces of it that you've bought into, but maybe the rest you can leave behind. You you just couldn't care less, or or it really is something that actively even offends you or upsets you. you now there's there's a spectrum for this kind of stuff, and so at least for a while you're able to go along to get along. 
that you're able to ignore the things you don't like in order to continue participating. So maybe there's a certain amount of pretending that you have to do. And then what if the changes continue to happen? What if there is more and more that you aren't comfortable with, aren't interested in, disagree with, and you have to just keep pretending more and more until finally you hit a point where you realize maybe you're pretending a bit too much. Another one. You're giving more than you're getting. You're pouring your energy, your time, your participation. Maybe you're even making some sacrifices in order to continue making your contributions. But there's not a whole lot of reciprocation going on. And this could take a couple of different forms. Maybe maybe the others who are involved are just be, because of your willingness, because of everything that you've given already, they are more than happy to just keep piling more and more onto your plate because you've demonstrated that you're competent, that you're skilled. And, and so they're, they're happy to just keep giving you more to do. And maybe all you get in return is a cursory thank you. Or maybe a little more. Maybe a pizza party. Or the other side of it, the other end of the spectrum, this particular spectrum, is that you are giving and you're giving and you're giving. And not only is there a lack of reciprocation, there's... They're not even doing much with what you're giving. They're, they're, it's the opposite. They're not, they're not thanking you and then piling more on. They're just kind of patronizingly taking what you're giving and not much more. Finally, the final one I want to mention, and I've, I've touched on this one already, is a lack of of encouragement or affirmation or validation. That you are not experiencing these things. You are not being encouraged to thrive. You are not being affirmed in maybe your contributions or just your overall presence. Maybe you're not being validated in your opinions or the work that you're doing or the giving, what you are giving. And again, this, this can be passive or this can be active. In terms of the more passive side, may, maybe it's just that you just don't get anything. Nobody says good job. Nobody says thank you. Nobody says you're valued and needed. And then the other end of that is 
something more akin to bullying, basically. Where instead of being told good job, instead of being told you're valued, you get these passive-aggressive, cutting sort of remarks instead. And maybe, maybe the person doing it thinks that they're able to joke with you and that's why they're doing it. But whether that's the type of environment that has been cultivated and you're aware of that, maybe, maybe that's just not the environment that you thrive in. So instead, there, there's this actively sarcastic sort of environment, sort of culture where, well, everybody just ribs everybody all the time, and we're just a bunch of good old cheers-type people who do that. But that may not be the environment in which you find value or experience validation. Maybe sarcasm is not your love language the way it is for others. So these are just a handful of ways that a particular environment you may feel that metaphorical warmth that that you may begin to question, can I thrive here? Can I work here? Can I live here? Can I experience inclusion and love and value here? And if the answer is no, first off, that's okay. And that's valid. And from there, you may wonder, what do I do now? I've said it before, and now I'm going to say it again, that this podcast has never really been much for direct advice. This podcast has never really been much for, well, if you just do things this way, then everything will be wonderful. So just follow these three easy steps to a better relationship, a better working life, a better love life, a better faith life, a better church experience, a better spiritual experience. I I hope that you know, and again, I have said this more than once, that this is not really the podcast for advice. But... I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to dish out just just a little bit of direct advice. And you can take it or leave it. 
You can maybe tweak it as you see fit to your own experience. But I nevertheless, I, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to just dish a little bit out. So, so here goes. If you find yourself in the sort of environment where you don't feel that you are thriving, if you find yourself in the sort of environment where you do not experience a whole lot of gratitude, validation, encouragement, where, where you are giving and giving and giving and not really getting much, even, in, even as much of a, a thank you, if not more. If, if you find yourself in an environment where you are, you are being pushed and pushed and pushed further and further from the center into the margins. If you find yourself in that sort of an environment, in a, in a metaphorical huddle room where you are feeling the metaphorical warmth that is causing you discomfort, that is causing you to have to pretend that you're fine with it more and more, that is causing you to say, well, I, I guess I'd better just keep doing this because what, what alternative do I have? If you find yourself in that kind of environment where you have to make yourself smaller and smaller, where you have to go along to get along more and more and more, if you find yourself in the sort of environment where you are not valued, where you are not encouraged, where you are, are there perhaps where you are tolerated at best, either because you really do good work or because maybe you do good work but nobody can be bothered to honor it. If you find yourself in this type of place, in this type of environment, in this type of figurative huddle room, here we go. Pack up your stuff and leave. Pack up your stuff and go to another area, another figurative place on the floor where it is cooler, where you are able to thrive more, where you are able to be something closer to your full self, where you are able to be something closer, realize something closer to your full potential where you are a valued contributor, where you get thank yous, where you get encouragement, when you are, where you are affirmed, where you are invited into the center. If you need to hear permission from someone to explore other places where perhaps you may have a better chance of being who you are meant to be, 
then here it is. Pack up your stuff and leave. Move to another space where the air is cooler, where the potential to live into your best qualities, your best abilities, your best sense of self, where you are able to experience being appreciated, where you are able to experience the full breadth and length and depth that can be possible through a positive environment where you are able to do your best work. Then go forth and find it. If I had stayed in that huddle room that day, I would not have gotten much accomplished. I would have felt too self-conscious. I would have felt too off-kilter. I would have felt too distracted. And so you may feel the same in such an environment that doesn't quite fit you and that you don't quite fit. And so, look elsewhere. Explore possibilities. Find where you can be who you are meant to be. That is my advice. There is your permission. Go forth and do what needs to happen. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreyanelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on Instagram and elsewhere. Have a great week.